You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's gracious help right here in Rabbi Shemesh Israel 5768-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bahar. There's an important theme I'd like to discuss that we see that really runs through a number of different topics that are in this week's Parsha. First, we'll give a brief synopsis of the Parsha, of those topics that will be tied together in this idea. So the first thing that we have is the very beginning of the Parsha, of course. It says that Hashem commanded the people of Israel to keep Shemitah every seven years in the seventh year. This year is a Shemitah year. And so we don't do any kind of work in the fields. We do very minimal amount of upkeep on our gardens, on our backyards. And that's the first halacha is Shemitah. The second halacha is Yovel, that every seven Shemitah cycles, the 50th year, is another year of similar to Shemitah. We don't do any work of the of the ground. Another important halacha of Yovel, of the 50th year, is that all of the properties go back to their original owners, and all of the slaves go out free. That's also a very important idea, also tying to the theme. Another important topic that we find in this week's parsha is the concept that if a person lends money to another Jew, the halacha is, the Torah states that we're not allowed to take ribis, we're not allowed to take interest on that loan. You have to give your friend, your brother, this is what Hashem expects from us, this is what the Torah expects from us, that we give a loan, we give it without interest, we don't take an extra penny from someone if we give them money. We lend them money with a full heart without taking any money extra for that. And then uh, another halacha, another law that we find in this week's parsha, is a, a Jewish slave. And it's very interesting because the Torah says, and it stresses twice in this week's parsha, that when you have a slave who's a Jew, you have to treat him properly. You have to treat him like your brother. Because really, every Jew is not a... You can't really have a Jewish slave. Because Hashem says, every single Jew is really my slave. We're all slaves to Hashem. We're the servants of Hashem. We can't really become servants for another servant. That's what the Pasuk says. That's what the verses say. So in summation, we have four topics here. We have Shemitah. We have Yovel, the Jubilee year. We have the prohibition against taking interest. And we have the concept of the Jewish slave. Now, I'd like to go back to the beginning of the Parsha, and there's a Rashi at the very beginning of the Parsha that's very interesting, needs explanation, and hopefully with that explanation we'll be able to understand something very deep. The Pasuk says, Vaidamar Hashem al-Moshe Bahar Sinai Lemor. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bahar. What's Bahar? Bahar means the mountain of Sinai. Hashem spoke to Moshe on Har Sinai, and He said the following, and He spoke to him about the whole Parsha of Shemitah. So Rashi asks the obvious question, why all of a sudden are we mentioning Har Sinai? My Indian Shemitah Eitzel Har Sinai. What is Shemitah? This whole seventh year, what does that have to do with Har Sinai? So Rashi says something which is quite enigmatic, needs, needs explanation. He says that it teaches us that just like every single prat, every single detail of the laws of Shemitah was given at Sinai, at Sinai, so to every single law, all the halachos that we have, they were all also given to Moshe at Sinai. Now the question on Rashi is, and I saw this question asked by Rashi Schwab, and it's also the Chassam Sofer says a similar idea. The question is, well, if it's just teaching us that every single detail of this law was said by Sinai, and therefore all the other laws, so we, I mean, what do you need Shemitah for? You could have any law could teach us the same exact thing. You, you could say, Bahar Sinai, God said to Moses on Sinai, this law, whatever it is, talk about tefillin, and just say some details of the law, and we'll know that just like this halacha was said by Har Sinai, all of the halachas were said by Har Sinai, just like this law was said, so too every law. Why does it specifically choose 
Why is the quintessential law that the Torah chooses to place next to Har Sinai, why is it Shemitah? So Rav Shwav explains and the Chassam Sofer explains that Shemitah is something that's very unusual. It's a halacha, it's a law, it's a commandment that is unique. You know, there are many people that, heaven forbid, say that the Torah was written by people. It's written, you know, a bunch of sages, the rabbis got together and they wrote this Torah. And they say that, heaven forbid, the Torah wasn't written by Hashem. Now, we have to ask ourselves, if that's true, if that premise is true, why would they write a law like this inside the Torah? That there should be a year when there's the whole entire Eretz Yisrael, the whole land of Israel should lie fallow, all of the, the fields. So you might say, well, they knew, they were very smart, Jews are very smart, and they knew that in order for the land to replenish its nutrients, in order for it to rejuvenate, so to speak, so you have to let the land lie fallow. You give it a year off, and then you come back and you work the land again. If that was true, then they wouldn't, the Torah wouldn't have said that every single person in the entire Eretz Yisrael, the entire land of Israel, should all do it in the same year. That's nuts. That's crazy. There's only one being that could say to, that the entire people of Israel, throughout the entire land of Israel, should allow their land to lie fallow and not tend to their crops and not take care of the land at all for one full year. And that being is God. And only God knows that, that if the people of Israel listen to the commandment that He's going to take care of them. No human being could make such a promise. No human being could guarantee that every single time, every seven years, in the sixth year there's going to be triple the amount, enough to last for three years, and that you're going to sit and let, allow the land to lie fallow, and everything's going to be just fine. No one, no one can guarantee that. Only Hashem, only one God can guarantee that. That's what we see from this mitzvah of Shemitah. It's clear that this was written not by a human author. That being the case explains of Schwab and the Chassam Sofer. That being the case, that's why we understand that just like Shemitah, it was taught, it's something that was taught, and it's something that clearly reveals the fact that the Torah was written by Hashem, it was written by God. So to every single law that we find in the Torah, the entire Torah was written by God, and it wasn't created by the intellect of a person, but rather it's the divine intellect revealing itself through the commandments of the Torah. Now, now that we have that introduction, so let's look a little bit closer at Shemitah. Now that we see that there's a tremendous power to the law of Shemitah, we have to see that there's also an incredible depth to this halacha, to this law that Hashem gave us. He promises us that every seven years He's going to take care of us, and we needn't worry. There's nothing to worry about. And you're not going to go out into your fields, and you know what? Not only are you not going to work your fields, but whoever wants to can come into your backyard and take the fruits off of your trees. They can come into your fields and take whatever's growing there. And you're worried how you're going to have enough for your family? Hashem's going to take care of you. Shemitah, the year of Shemitah, is an unbelievable lesson. It's a lesson in trust. It's a lesson in the fact that we know that everything comes from Hashem. But not just that. There's more to it than that. It's deeper than that. There's another lesson here. And the lesson is that we think that this piece of land, you know, I live in Eretz Yisrael, I live in Israel, I live in Ramat Beit Shemesh, I have a little backyard, Baruch Hashem, I have a cherry tree, that's where you hear those birds chirping, they're chirping from the cherry tree right next to the window here, and I have a lemon tree, and I have a grapevine, and I have an olive tree, unbelievable, wow, look what I've got, look what I have, that's what you can think, it's my piece of property, I bought it, I'm paying the monthly mortgage, unbelievable, that's what you could think, you could think it's yours, Shem says, you think it's yours, you think it's yours, now every Shemitah, you're going to put out a sign in front of your house, that says on it, whoever wants to can come into my house and take my grapes. 
can come into my house, you can take my lemons. You can come into my house, you can take my cherries. Well, the birds already eat the cherries, but anyway, if there were any cherries, you could take my cherries. And you want to come in, you can take my olives. When we have Shemitah, Shemitah teaches us that although it seems like this is something that's yours, it's really not yours. It really all belongs to Hashem. And the unbelievable thing is that the Torah says that when you realize that everything is from Hashem, Hashem says, I'm going to command my blessings upon you. Naturally, a person thinks that if he's going to give out to everyone, if he's going to share with everyone, he's not going to have enough for himself. Hashem says, no, that's not how it is. When you give out and you let everyone take from you, then I'm going to bless you. Everything that you're going to have is going to be enough for you. You're not going to need as much as you think you need. There's a concept that it's nisbarich b'meyav. When you eat that food, when you eat the Shemitah food, you don't even need to have tripled amount of crops. You can have one year's crops and it's enough. You know why? And it's enough for you and it's enough for everyone around you. And everyone's taking your stuff also. Because Hashem says, I'm going to bless it even inside of your stomach. Unbelievable thing. That means that you're going to eat food and it's not going to be as much perhaps as you have every other year, but it's going to be enough for you. You're not going to need so much. You'll be sustained by less. You won't need as much. And when you don't need as much and you recognize that everything is from Hashem, the whole entire world is Hashem's. Everything belongs to Hashem. Why are we here? You think, you know, you go, to, you go out to work and you make money. You think that you're making the money. You're not making the money. Who put it in your, who put it in your head to go to that, that college? And who put it in your head to go to this place to get your, this job? You think that you, everything comes to you and how easy is it for a person to lose their job? Everything is from Hashem. We have to recognize and remember and thank Hashem. Everything is from Him. And when we do that, as we mentioned in last week's Parsha podcast, when we recognize that everything is from Hashem, that's when Hashem is Tzivisius Perchasias. That's when Hashem blesses us with all the things that we need and He continues to give it to us. Now let's look at the, the other three topics that we saw in this week's Parsha and we'll see that this theme is also running through them as well. The first one is Shemitah. Shemitah we said already. The next one is Yovel. In Yovel what happens? All of the slaves are freed. They go back to their houses. They go back to their homes, back to their families. You can't keep a slave anymore. All of the land, you bought a piece of land, you think it's yours, it does, it's not yours. It goes back to the original owner. And the idea here too is that there's nothing that's eternally yours. You don't have anything in this world. The only thing that you have is what you make of yourself. Again, this theme, this idea that everything belongs to Hashem and whatever we have is not really ours. The, all the physical acquirements that we have all of the acquisitions that we've made, all these things are not really ours. They're ours for a time. They're ours for a purpose in order to use them, in order to come close to Hashem. But they go back. Everything goes back. Eventually it goes back to its original source and everything belongs to Hashem. That's the idea of Yovel. Next we mentioned that there's a halacha, there's a law. That you're not allowed to pay interest. You're not allowed to take interest. You're not allowed to pay interest either. And this law, what's, what, what's the understanding of it? What do you mean? What do you mean? I lent him money. I did him a favor. You should not let him pay me, let him pay me for the favor. No, 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 no. The only time you could think of that is because you think that this money is yours. It's yours to do whatever you want with it. No, that's not true. Hashem gives us money. Some people gives more money. Some people gives less money. You happen to be a lucky guy. He gave you more money. You think it's your money? Hashem gave you this money for one purpose. It's in order for you to help the other guy. It's in order for you to give charity to someone else. Don't be so greedy. Don't be so selfish. This isn't yours. This was given to you as a bikadon as an opportunity for you to be able to give it to someone else, to lend it to that person. You want to take money on it? It's not yours. It's Hashem's. We see the same idea there. And the fourth idea is the idea that if you have a slave, you have to treat him right. You have to treat him correctly. And the Torah says, Bepem explicitly, the reason is because these children, these Jews, 
You take him as a slave. Don't make any mistakes. You think he's your slave. He's not your slave. He's my slave. And you have to treat him right. You have to treat him like a brother. And if there's only one pillow, you got to give it to him. You can't keep it. You got to give it to your slave. And if there's only one meal, you got to give it to your slave. You have to treat him like your brother. Because really, he's not your slave. You don't own anything. Everything belongs to Hashem. And especially a Jew is Hashem's slave. It's not your slave. We see from all this a very important perspective in life. It's so easy for a person to get all caught up, all removed from what's really happening, what reality is really about. It's easy for a person to think, I have to make my money, he's running after this money, I'm running after this taiva, this desire, he's running after women, and he's running after covet, he's running after honor. It's so easy to get caught up. That's why Hashem gives us a mitzvah like Shemitah. He says, stop. When you're in Eretz Yisrael, you feel it. Everywhere you go, you're buying fruits. You have to watch out. Are you, are you buying stuff that's Shemitah fruits? You have to watch out. If it's Shemitah, you have to treat it with certain, with certain respect. You can't just throw it out. If it's, if it's not Shemitah, you have to watch out not to, to make sure that it's not Shemitah, and then you can throw it out. Every single thing the Torah gives us to wake us up, to make us realize the land is not yours. Life is not yours. It's an opportunity to make something of yourself. It's an opportunity to create something that will be yours for all eternity. But it's not yours. It's all a gift from Hashem. Everything that you have, the money that you have, it's a gift from Hashem. Use it right. It's an opportunity to gain closeness to Hashem. So I want to bless you and me and all of us. We should all merit to really understand this message, to really see how important it is to connect to Hashem and to realize that we're only here to connect to Hashem. We shouldn't get too involved in all of the physical things that are going on in our lives. They're a backdrop for our spirituality. They're a backdrop for us to be able to learn Torah. They're a backdrop for us to be able to learn to do the mitzvot, to do the commandments, to gain connection to Hashem. Let's not get caught up. Let's realize that the land, it's not our land. It belongs to Hashem. And I'd like to wish you a very good Shabbos. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, oh, oh.